0: Hey friends, this is Pastor Rachel from The Gathering Place, Santo Cristiano, in Liberal Kansas, and I am so glad you are here with us today. Today's teaching is from our Sunday service at The Gathering, where we meet up for a time of learning and fellowship in community. You're welcome to join us every Sunday. We're at The Gathering Place, Santo Cristiano, 619 West 8th Street, right here in Liberal Kansas, doors open at 1030 a.m. In the meantime, enjoy today's podcast. You are sure to be blessed.
1: Good morning. We're on um, the last week of Advent. This is week four. And it says here the light is growing brighter in these final days of Advent. We look ahead to the arrival of Emmanuel, God with us, who comes that the world might be renewed and victorious over evil's darkness. Living in a post birth of Christ's world, we forget what it must have been like to wait in darkness. Wondering if God had forgotten the Jewish people oppressed under Roman rule. There was no sign that God was in a hurry to fulfill the promise made centuries before. The promise that one day there would be one who would rescue them from the shadows of evil. They waited and waited and waited with no sign that God remembered them. Christ is the reminder that God remembers us. He came to the world not only to save it, but to drown out the evils of the earth with the light of salvation. With seven days until the dawn of Christmas, we wait. And we're going to read today in John 3:16 up until verse 21. And the word of God says this way in the New International Version. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: And, and we've gone through all of the weeks of Advent, and it's been such a joy and such a blessing. But this fourth Sunday of Advent, um, we uh, would have lit of one symbolic count, uh, 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 candle, and we all crave the depth and meaning found in being truly loved, and that's the truth for everybody. Um, we all want to be loved. When um, Sister Alma read right now, for God so loved the world, right? And we all love that. We love that he gave his, his only begotten son. We love that we have hope. We love that we have joy. We love that we have peace. All of the weeks of Advent have led up to this, right? All of them. And so we get to the culmination of everything. And the culmination of everything is love. Love entered into the world in the form of a baby named Jesus. And so our um, devotional for today in using this daily grace says, Love originates in God himself. He created the world as an overflow of his love, and he created mankind to live and dwell with them. Though mankind rebelled and rejected God, his love remained steadfast. His love was sheerly dependent on his faithful character. His love was not dependent on absolutely anything else. And although sin separates us from God, but in God... But in God and in love, God offers salvation through his son to restore our relationship with him. God so loved us that he made his love visible to us through the incarnation of his son, Jesus Christ. And he made his love manifest among us through his life, his death, his resurrection. The Advent season then leads us to marvel at the matchless love of Christ. No one can ever love us the way that God can love us. And there is no greater display of love than God sending his son to save us from our sins. May our hearts rest secure in his sacrificial and unconditional love. And may we be compelled to share his love with the world. First John chapter four, verse nine says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. And I say, Father, thank you so much for the love that you sent us through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you because now we have an opportunity to enter into your family. We have an opportunity to be restored. We have an opportunity for us to to share in an abundant life, a life full of peace, full of joy, full of hope, and full of love. And that was only because of your son, Jesus Christ. And so as we slow down this season, as we stop for just a moment to pause and to ponder what Christmas truly is all about and why we celebrate, May we also make space in our celebrations. May we make space in our family functions. May we make space on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning whenever we choose to celebrate or during our Christmas parties throughout the week. May we make space to remember that we are only able to celebrate because of the love that entered the world through Jesus Christ. Because of Emmanuel, we are here. Because God with us. And we have hope now. And we have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we have an unsurmountable amount of joy that's accessible to us through your son, Jesus Christ. And so as we celebrate your love and we celebrate your kindness, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your family. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this world. Thank you, God, for sending love to us. Amen. You know, as we as we um, think about what happened in the story of how God so loved the world and how God truly in the very beginning, though, when the world was made and before it was even created, uh, our God, three in one. Right. The Trinitarian God existed in a perfect relationship between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. However, It means also that God loved us so much and loved his creation so much that he chose to do something special for us. And so we appreciate God's love and we understand that it is because of him that we are loved. And we're going to read a little bit in the book of Hosea, and it's just going to be a couple of verses. But as I was reading this and getting ready for it, I was really um, just I mean, I was taken aback because the reality is, if you read through the scriptures and you see all that God did for the people of Israel, you see all that God has done even for us into this moment. You see that God is a faithful God. God is a God that doesn't forget his love for his people. God is a God whose patience never runs dry and who's always and constantly seeking out for us, even, even, even though we are, are disobedient children, even though we reject his love, though he pursues us. We sometimes talk about that. We sing that beautiful song, right? The reckless love song that God goes after us, that God pursues us with everything that he has, that God never stops, that he's relentless in his pursuit of us. And may our response be that God, I receive that love that you give me. May our response be like, God, I I appreciate your love. God, I'm happy that you love me. Because at the end and at the core of it all, we all want to be loved. And it's right in front of you, it's right there. And so as we go and Christmas draws near, many of us long to gather with loved ones and we see that it paint, you know, the, the, it, the, the, world paints a picture, our society paints a picture of, you know, celebrations and of, of parties around, right? And everybody just having a great time. And I was singing that song, come on, ring those bells like the Christmas tree and, and have a great time because it's a celebration and it truly is. And that's why I've been telling you this whole Advent season, I've been saying, Hey, let's not make it somber let's not make it sad although it is in some many ways but it's hopeful and even though it's dark in a lot of ways because they were waiting and waiting and waiting for the promised messiah but it was it's always darkest before dawn right that's what we hear and so even though it was a season of darkness light was about to pierce through the world in the form of jesus christ and so as we read these stories of Christmas and of perfect Christmas as being surrounded by family and friends, as we hold all these sweet traditions that we have in our own families, we remember that sometimes we run from the love itself that God wants to give us. You know, I've had conversations lately with people and and, and some of the, you know, one of the conversations that I've had recently was just, uh, I don't know why this reckoning of all the things that I've done in the past, I don't know why it's all coming to the surface. And sometimes it's because we feel that we're not worthy of such great of love. And sometimes we feel, you know what? I've made so many mistakes. I've just ran so much. I've done so many things that I'm not worthy Of being loved so much. And so when we find that. We say you know what. Oh my gosh. Really truly what we want. Is to just understand God's love. And sometimes it's so hard to do. But when you go back to the scriptures guys. When we go back to the scriptures. Let's go to the book of Hosea. Chapter 11 verse 1 through 4. And I'll I'll read it for you. If you don't want to turn there. You guys I don't want you to, to, to get. You know what, I don't want you guys to get tamal or, or meat on your Bible. So let me just read it for you, okay? The Bible says in the book of Hosea, chapter 11 and verse 1. And right before I read that, I want you to know something. The book of Hosea is a super short book. It's not very long at all. And it's this story about this prophet who God calls to show a message, to bring a message to his people. But he wants to use Hosea as an example. And Hosea is just like, okay, what do you want me to do, God? He said, I want you to go marry a prostitute. And he's like, what? You know, you want me to do what? Yeah, I want you to marry this woman who's a prostitute. That's what she's dedicated her life to. And I want you to go after her. And I want you to love her. Because I want to show my people something. And as he begins to go after her, and he goes and he marries her, and He provides a wonderful home for her, and he gives her the things that, in his mind, he thought, this is what you want. You want to be secure. You want to be loved. You want to be taken care of. Isn't that what you want? And for a moment, she's okay. But then she leaves, and she goes back to her previous way of life. And she goes back, and guess what Hosea has to do? He cries out to God, and he says, God, what do you want me to do? He said, go after her and go get her. She's your wife. So he goes after he runs after her, and he goes and gets her, and he brings her back. And he provides her the same home, the same atmosphere, the same love, the same care, the same shelter, the same safety. And you would think that she would be so thankful and grateful for what he had done, maybe even ashamed of her, of her running away. But she doesn't. She runs away again. Where do you think he goes and finds her? Back to her old way of life. And so he's doing this. Why why would God continually ask Hosea to continue to to run after this woman? He says, you're married to her. You've promised to love her, to take care of her, to protect her, to give her safety. You've promised to be her husband and she be your wife. And he had every right to run away. He had every right to say, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. But God was trying to prove a point to his people. What was that point? I'm going to go to the book of Hosea chapter 11. He says, when God, when, I'm sorry, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the bales, and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, and I bent down, To feed them. This was exactly the story that God was trying to tell the people through Hosea. See, it was me all along, he's saying. He's saying, I was the one who loved Israel beyond anything else. I was the one who as right now, as I began to sing that song of Christmas and I asked the girls to come up and I'm holding the little babies and they're just looking for me and they can hear me. They recognize me. He's saying, I'm doing the same thing to Israel. See, I'm like the one who holds my face to their cheek. Imagine the picture that he's painting, God holding his face to a man's cheek. The one who's lifting him up from his arms and saying, I'll help you learn to walk. I'll be with you. I'll guide you. I'll take you where you need to go. I'll provide for you. I'll give you all the things you need and then some. I'll shower you with love and peace and joy. But Israel, he says, the more that I love them, the more that they ran away. Gomer, Hosea's wife, seems almost like the more that he chose her, the more that he went and got her, the more that he loved her, the more that he showed patience to her, the more that she just wanted to run. Guys, love entered the world through Jesus. And we said, you know what? Wow. Emmanuel, Christ, God with us. Emmanuel, Jesus, God's son here on earth. And we want to celebrate, and all the things are great and wonderful. And we unwrap, you know, that present that God had given us in his form of Jesus Christ. And love came. And it was a gift to you. And yet, so many times we run, just like Israel. And we say, it's just not, it's just not what I want right now. And it's like he comes and gets us and he says, but, but I redeemed you, but I gave you everything and I continue to give it. And I patiently wait for you and you run and you walk away and you say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. My dad um, every time that we would give him gifts, and it was almost like you could never, it was always a, he, he was grateful, of course, but we would give him gifts, and he would say something all the time. He would say, oh, look what I always wanted. Just almost in a condescending kind of way, right? And you're like, dad, just stop. And it almost felt, made you feel like, man, that's not, you, you didn't even like it. And we, we set ourselves up for that sometimes, right? And I want us to think about that, because I want us to think like, you know, God, Knowing that man needed a savior and giving of himself. Because remember, we're talking about a Trinitarian God, that one doesn't exist without the other. It wasn't like, well, I'll just send my son, and if they don't like them, well, I'll just send another one. No. God made himself man. We have to understand that. How is that possible? I don't know. But God is God. And so God made himself man in the form of Jesus Christ and said, I'm giving myself to you. How will you receive that gift? Now, I tell you, it's wonderful to spend these times. And when we just spend this time, like everybody's happy, everybody's celebrating, everybody's joyful. And it just feels good. The environment is set and it just feels nice to be together. But does that niceness and togetherness and harmony last throughout the year or can you actually look back this year and say man there was a bunch of times when there was no harmony there was no love up in that place wherever you were right or in this family there was no love there there was fighting and tension and and anger and arguments And we wait until there's another celebration to come back and to say, oh, but we're all going to spend this time together in harmony. It's kind of like whenever we come and we just show up right on Sunday and we say, we're going to spend this time together. And or maybe you just show up with on Wednesday or you show up on 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 Tuesday or you show up on Saturday. I don't know whenever. And you say, I'm just going to feel all the warm and all the fuzzy things and all the wonderful environment and ambience. I'm going to feel all of that. But that's just for a moment. That's just brief. When we were, um, when, when the kids were little, we, remember, we would put all the gifts around the tree, and it would be a lot of gifts. And, and every kid, you know, would get three or four or five or six or whatever from all the family members and everything. We're a pretty large family. And so as we would all, it was always a mountain of gifts. And those kids were little and they would just tear through all of them. They would just open them all. And, and it was like, wait, look to see what you got. Pay attention. Like, like, look at it. Recognize what you got. I want you to appreciate it. And then you were supposed to turn to whoever, whoever gave it to you and say, thank you. Because I wanted them to know that they had gotten. And I'm almost always what we call Santa in our house, right? I'm always the one who kind of gets up and passes out the gifts. And in the beginning, I start passing them out. We're doing it slowly. By the time we're done, I'm hot. And I'm like, here, here's a gift for you and a gift for you and a gift for you. Hurry up, let's get on the road. And before we know it, all the gifts are open and there's a mountain of gift wrapping. And then we're like, okay, you get the trash bags and throw all of that stuff away, right? And it's over. That excitement and that thrill is over. As I sang a song right now a minute ago, I said the thrill of hope had come into the world. But not just for a moment, guys. It was for an eternity, for forever. It came, Christ wasn't taking it back. God wasn't taking his son back. He came and he says, and I I almost want to say like he's saying, hey, pay attention. Thank me for the son that I gave you. This is the ultimate gift. But don't just feel it for a moment. It's your gift for eternity. It's everlasting love. A love that has no end. That's what he gave you. That's what he gave me. And so when we talk about love entering into the world, love entering into my life, I never want to give it back. I want to say with genuineness, that's what I always wanted. And I mean it. I'm not just saying that, but Jesus is what I've always, always wanted a love that never ends understanding forever joy that brings me strength in the middle of difficult circumstances, a peace that keeps me even in the midst of a storm and a hope that I don't have to live in my present situation forever, but that someday all of this will cease and it'll be an eternity with Christ, with God, with the Holy Spirit. And I can even experience that here on earth because that's why he came to bring peace on earth, not just suffering, not just hard times, but peace here and then peace for eternity. And I can say with certainty, he's what I've always wanted and I receive it And I'm going to live that way. And so the times that I've rejected Christ in 2022, I say, you know, I don't want to do that again. I leave that behind. And in this next year, God, I accept your will. God, I move forward with your plan, with your purpose. God, I accept your gift, the gift that gives every single day for the rest of my life. Because God says that in his word. He says that he is with us today and forevermore. So it's the gift, not to be cliche, but that keeps on giving, right? So bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I just want to receive your love. And I want to give it to everyone, to everyone that I come in contact with. Father, in the moments that I thought that I wasn't worthy of your love, you showed me that your love knows no boundaries, that it makes no exception of people, that it doesn't matter all of the bad things that I've done, all of the times that I've run away, that it doesn't matter that I've rejected you so many times up until this moment. But I recognize your love today, and I recognize the gift that you give me of forgiveness. Of mercy, and more than anything, your gift of grace. That I didn't deserve to be loved this way, but you love me anyway. That I don't deserve to be pursued, especially when I run away, but that you'll pursue me anyway. And I can't contend with that love, I can't run away from it if I go to the highest mountain or the the depths of the world, if I go to the east, to the west and try to run as far as I can, I can't outrun your love. And I thank you for that. And I ask that you forgive me for running. And I pray that you accept me, that you take me one more time and that you just allow me to pick up right where I left off, and to keep on going, to fulfill your purpose and your will. I relinquish. I give up. May your will be done in my life, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, thank you for your amazing love. In Jesus' name, amen. You have listened to our weekly message recorded at The Gathering Place, 619 West 8th Street in Liberal, Kansas, where we gather together every Sunday at 11 a.m. for a time of fellowship and worship. If this or any other message has been a blessing to you, please reach out to us today by calling 620-626-8282. And remember, you can always visit us every Sunday at The Gathering Place. Also, consider subscribing and sharing this message with a friend. The world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So don't let this message
1: stop with you. Blessings, friends, and until next time. Adios.